Friends, good morning, and welcome to the worship of First Baptist Church. This is how we're going to be doing things now for the foreseeable future. So I want to take just a moment to set the stage for you. This is take number 5,372, because it just takes that long to figure out how to speak into a, an empty camera. Actually, as I look out here today in the sanctuary and see all of the empty pews, it's every pastor's worst nightmare. It's that recurring dream that we have night after night after night on Saturday, that Sunday morning no one's going to show up. But you are at home where you're supposed to be, and I applaud that. I want you to know that uh, our church board met together last night, and we spent some time talking about how we're going to be doing things in the next few weeks through the end of the uh, shelter at home order. And of course, that's an evolving thing. Nobody knows exactly how that's going to work in the longer term. But for the next few weeks, with the help of the innovation team, we're going to be putting a message up here. It's actually Friday now as we're recording. And uh, there will be a video that's available to you on Sunday morning. And our hope is that all of us will be joining together. We can't hear or see one another, but we'll be experiencing these talks at the same time. And as time goes on, perhaps we'll become even more creative and we'll figure out how to jazz things up a little bit. Actually, it's not entirely empty here. You can't see him, but Devin's beside me on the piano and he's been playing all kinds of show tunes, and he's also been trying to work on a fancy lead-in for me. He's helping to loosen me up so that it's okay for me to talk into a blank camera. Anyways, back to the church meeting, uh, the meeting with our board. We met together on Thursday night. Everyone was there, at least by telephone, and we made a few decisions that we want to share with you. Number one, as I mentioned, this video is going to be available weekly to you. And our hope is that we'll all be joining together still on Sunday mornings. Because although nobody's here on Sundays, we're still the church and we're still meeting together. We're still joined in spirit and in heart. The second thing that the board wanted me to reassure you is that we care for you. And during these times, uh, you are in our prayers. And our hope is that you are safe and you are sound and you are sheltered at home and you're with the people that you love and you're working from the kitchen. Think of all the time that we save in commuting. But think of all the time that we waste while we're at home. I saw somewhere that uh, at the end of this pandemic, half of us will be great in the kitchen and the other half of us will come out of this pandemic with a drinking problem. Drinking coffee, that is, not alcohol. Coffee as you work and are productive. Anyways, we care for you. We hope that you are cared for. And if there are ways that we can be of help to uh, folks in this scattered congregation, we'd like to know about that. So you can always email me or call me directly or any member of our board, if you know of someone who's experiencing a particularly uh, difficult time as a result of the health crisis, maybe financially, we know that a lot of people are experiencing financial reversal. That's another part of the reality 
of this new world that we're living in. And uh, although we don't have answers, we don't know exactly what's going to happen and when, we are trusting God together, and it's our hope that you join with us in that trust as well. Another thing as a point of information is that our church office and church operations will be very limited and scaled back. There's not going to be groups, even small groups, that are meeting here. Donna, our office administrator, will be coming in periodically and she'll be attending to essential functions. So she'll be receiving mail, checking phone messages, checking emails. Uh, she'll be stopping in a few days during the week. She won't be uh, having regular office hours. Uh, neither will I. Let's be honest, I never have. But the same goes with everything that's going on in church. You can just assume that it's not going on. If there's something that you need, send us an email, give us a call, and we'll be sure to get back to you as soon as we can. Again, tough times, strange times, different times. This is something new that none of us in our lifetimes have experienced. And so it's a challenge. And challenging times make us unsettled. Let's be honest. We all want to be in charge. We all want to be in control. I want to know what my day is going to look like, what my week's going to look like, what my month's going to look like. I have quarterly goals. I have annual goals. I'm very driven and focused, as many of you are. This is a time that's made us step back and relax and reevaluate. It's also been a time of increasing anxiety. And each of us, when we feel that anxiety, goes to a different place. Uh, a place that's familiar, a place that's comfortable. But what if instead of going to that anxious place, we decided to take refuge in God in a way that we haven't just yet? It sounds too simple to say, but it's true, that in times of challenge and distress, we are attuned to God in particular ways that we're not in other times in our life. It's like we're better able to hear from him. So along with the anxiety comes an increased sensitivity within us and perhaps an opportunity for us to experience growth in our relationship with God. That's what I want to focus with you on this morning. Um, I've been looking at and thinking about and praying my way through Psalm 130. If you've been here at First Baptist Church for any length of time, you've probably heard me comment on this particular psalm. It's one of my favorites. There's a, a title that's written in my New Revised Standard Version at Psalm 130 that says, Waiting for Divine Redemption. Now we know that the italicized titles in the scripture aren't inspired along with the rest of the words, but they do give us a sense of direction about who God is and what he might be saying to us through this particular piece. If you have a Bible handy, I believe I've stalled about long enough for you to have found your way to Psalm number 130. Would you open there with me, please? The psalmist begins out of the depth I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. 
Doesn't that line resonate with you? Doesn't it seem like you and I are living in the depths right now? We're in uncharted territory. We've never experienced anything like this in our lifetime. And no amount of toilet paper that we've purchased has helped us feel any better about the situation that we're in. We've come to the end of ourselves, right? We're listening to governors and politicians and city officials, everyone trying to give us a sense of okay, but it's been elusive. And if we've received it, it's been only short-lived. Actually, what we're looking for is divine assurance. And that's what we have in Psalm 130, a prayer, a request for God to provide what only God can provide in our lives. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. Whatever your prayer language is, I hope that you found it in these recent days. This has been an unprecedented opportunity for us to come to terms with who we are, who God is, and who we are in Him. When I don't know what's coming next, that, my friends, is an opportunity for trust. That's a time for me to lay aside whatever my hopes or dreams or ambitions or talents or giftedness is and to come empty-handed before the throne of grace. And the New Testament offers us the assurance time and time and time again that Jesus is our great high priest and that he stands ready and waiting and wanting to hear from us because you and I are in a love relationship with God through Jesus Christ and as a result of that reality we have the unprecedented opportunity to come as a child to a loving parent and receive what a loving parent longs to give to us. Lord, hear my voice. I hope that you're finding time to pray. And prayer doesn't have to have any special language. There's no formula that's perfect or guaranteed to work. Prayer is the spiritual activity whereby we place ourselves in the position to receive the grace of God. Prayer is showing up, showing up with a blank sheet of paper in front of us and a pen in our hand, showing up in a moment of quiet to wait and to listen to what God might have to say to us. For many, throughout time and eternity, morning has been that time to meet with God in adoring silence. Have your coffee first. Stretch, take the dog for a walk, do whatever you need to do and sit down with those extra moments that you've been given and wait on God in prayer. Verse 5 of our psalm says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. Don't we all love to wait? Haven't we all enjoyed the extra long lines at the grocery store? Haven't we enjoyed working our way through crowded aisles to find shelves half full? 
It's been a nightmare out there. But we're experiencing this together, aren't we? We don't like to wait. It's our worst nightmare. But all of a sudden, we find that we've got a bunch of time on our hands. Maybe we're not working at all. We're certainly not going out at night. Where would we go? The restaurants are closed. So we find ourselves with extra time. And in those moments, there's an invitation for us to make the spiritual movement of waiting or coming to attention before God in silence. And it's going to look different for you than it looks for me, than it looks for anyone else. And it might be something that we could work on together in our families. Taking time as kids are home from school, right? Mom, you're now teacher as well as parent, as well as whatever else, everything that you are, right? Full time. Families have time together. Take a walk together. Go to a park together. Six feet away from everyone else in the park. Find moments of togetherness to, to have prayer and to wait on God together. To talk about the shared experience. Children are experiencing this for the first time along with their parents who are experiencing it for the first time along with grandparents and when those families are together, because I know you're together. When those families are together, take moments to talk, to share, to reflect, to laugh, and to wait on God in prayer. What wonderful encouragement might we receive from the generations beneath us about what's important to be praying for during these times? Everything that comes across our news feed is an invitation for prayer. Let's take time to sit and wait and wonder. The psalmist says, verse 6, My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. What an apt description of what we're doing right now. We're waiting for the morning, aren't we? We're waiting for the day after tomorrow that's going to bring us news that this pandemic is lifting, that we can get back to life as we want to be living. It's not coming quickly, is it? We're waiting for it. We're watching for it. And in that same way that we wait and watch for news, for word, for something tangible that we can get a hold of, let's wait on God. What might God want to be teaching us in these moments. Now please understand as I invite you to consider that question that this is not saying that God is angry with us. This is the judgment of God. This is the wrath of God. We're finally getting what we deserve for being so terrible to the planet. Sort that out for yourself. What I'm saying is in every challenge, in every difficulty, is an opportunity for us to trust and learn and grow in ways that we've never grown before. What might the Lord God be wanting to teach you through this time of quarantine? Time alone. Time away from the rituals and routines that have come to define our lives. One of the things that's been a challenge for me is that my gym is closed. All the gyms are closed, right? And the gym is such an important part of my life. And I just find myself, 
unnerved. In the morning, I've got too much energy. I have no outlet for it. I know I can jump out in the estuary and go for a swim, right? Something like that. Run around the block until I'm exhausted. This is a time for us to explore new aspects of who we are. New aspects of what our relationships are. Think about it, right? Dad and mom both working from home alongside the children who are taking their school at home. That's a lot of togetherness. And a lot of togetherness brings out a lot of stress, right? Because we just need a minute to ourselves. And we don't have those now. What might God be trying to teach us about the relationships that we find ourselves in? How might God be stretching us and creating newness in us that we've never experienced before? Friends, I'm certain that this is a time of vast opportunity. It's a time of inconvenience. It's a time that I hate. It's a struggle and it's a challenge and it's bringing out the worst in me. But guess what? It just might bring out the best in me as well. I hope that's your experience. And in the weeks and possibly months to come, I hope that's our experience as a congregation in dispersion. We might feel a little bit like the children of Israel wandering around in the desert. How long, O oh Lord? How long? None of us can say. But this we know. We're in this together. No one's exempt, right? This is a worldwide thing we're all experiencing. But we're experiencing it together. So let's take this opportunity to reach out to the people around us. To think about the ones who are vulnerable. To think about the ones that we know are struggling. To think about the ones who are experiencing this on the streets. To think about people who are underemployed. People who are unemployed. People who have recently lost their jobs. And the insecurity that goes with that. And ask yourself, how can I be a part of the solution? What can I do for the one who's struggling? So it's an opportunity to do our best. It's an opportunity to be our best. As we wait for the Lord, verse 7, O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. Two things we know. With God there is love, and with God there is power. I hope, my friends at home, that you are experiencing the love of God in unprecedented ways in your life. I hope that you're demonstrating the love of God in new and powerful ways like you never have before. And I hope that I can remember what I was going to say and I just forgot. It's gone. I had another thing, but it was great. And this is live, so there's no opportunity to back up. And there never is in church anyways. So sometimes I just ramble on like this, and you know it means that I've lost my place and it's time to land the ship. This has been a real adventure. I want to say thanks to Jaden and to the innovation team for making this video possible, for bringing church to you on Sunday morning, and above all, I hope that you're well. It's my privilege as your pastor to join with you and to lead you in this time of prayer. Would you lift your hearts with me?
God eternal in the heavens, we look to you for succor, for support. God, you've been our strength and our help in ages past, and you are our hope for years to come. God, we look to you, we love you, and we trust you. God, we trust you when we're feeling squirrely and unsettled. We trust you, God, in the moments of our irritability. We trust you in our disappointment. God, we trust you in, in our darkness. We trust you in our joy. God, we look to you and we ask for your blessing on our lives, on the life of First Baptist Alameda. God, on the lives of Californians, on the lives of our sisters and brothers in the United States and around the world. God, be gracious to us. God, be merciful. God, give us your strength. We trust in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior, we pray. Amen. Friends, take care. Be well. God willing, we'll be back again next Sunday in this format. Until then, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.